Hi, I'm Micah Hartz. And I'm Kim Lindauer. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the, the Cocoon, Cocoon Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> Mike and I are both going through big transformations in our life right now, and it can feel scary and uncomfortable. So we decided to record a series of conversations to share with you what it feels like from the inside, the dark, gooey, solitary cocoon. There's lots of other content out there with people talking about their successes, looking back at them with the benefit of hindsight. This is not that. We're going through these changes right now. We don't have the answers. We don't know how our stories end, but we're documenting the journey as it's happening. Each week, we'll dive into what's going on in our cocoons, what we're working on, how we are feeling, where we are trying to go. We're not sure where you are in your journey. We're not sure where we are in ours. What we do know is we are not caterpillars, but we are also not yet our butterflies. Let's jump in. Hey, Micah. Hey, how you doing? (laughs) (laughs) We were just talking about this. This feels weird in a way because we were on such a schedule of recording these conversations every single week. I mean, it was pretty rare that we didn't record a conversation for months. Yeah. For a really long time. And then since we've started actually publishing these conversations, since we actually decided like, yeah, I guess this is going to be a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. We are going to put this out there. Uh, We haven't actually recorded a new conversation. So in a way it feels like I've been doing nothing but editing podcasts lately. And yet we haven't actually had this kind of, this is like our friend's reunion. That's right. right. James Corden uh, will be joining us shortly (laughs) to ask us uh, a lot of questions. Uh, Very important questions. Um, So yeah, it's good to see you. Nice to Uh, see you. You and I are both uh, relatively recent uh, COVID uh, recoverers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm on day seven. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm a little over a month now um, or something like that. I have no concept of time. Uh, How would you rate your COVID experience? Oh, it was good. Great. Loved that. <laughs> Don't want to do that again. No, I'm fine. Totally fine. It yeah. Sucked. And now I'm fine. I did not enjoy it, but I will say that uh, when I realized that I had it and I didn't immediately think, oh my God, am I going to die? Yeah, that's nice. That was like, that sort mm-hmm. of reset the like, okay, how much am I going to hate this experience? And I yeah. did not enjoy it, Yeah, but I was not having an existential crisis over For it. Sure. So that seems like a win. Yeah. Um, okay. So we have, uh, so we had some number of conversations uh, and, and I feel like it's worth pointing out because, you know, there's this, there's this interesting uh, mix of people who potentially listen to this podcast. Uh, there's obviously the people who know us mm-hmm. who are most likely to be the ones listening to it. If for no other reason than because they have gotten some sort of communication from us saying, Hey, listen to our podcast. And then they like us. And then they like us. Uh, (laughs) And we appreciate, you know, I think we feel pretty good about the feedback that people have given us. uh, And that makes us feel good about what it is that we're doing. But there are also people, some, uh, who listen to it and don't know us. Yeah. And there's a real, I think, difference between those two groups of people because we started recording these conversations uh, in 2021. And it just kind of took us some time to kind of figure out what we were trying to do with this and how is it going to structure itself, et cetera, et cetera. That took, you know, there's other things going on in our lives. It took a few months. So by the time we started actually publishing this podcast, it had been several months since we had had the conversations uh, that make up the podcast episodes. And I say that to say that if you know us and you hear us talking about things and you're like, why are they talking about that now? That happened several months ago. If you don't know us, you would have, you would not have that context and it wouldn't matter. Right. All of that is to say, this is the first episode that we have recorded since we started publishing the podcast. And our goal, our intent is to publish this, you know, relatively soon uh, tomorrow, perhaps, but sometime this week, if we can. Um, So I think we felt like, and tell me if I'm wrong on this, we've had some really great conversations, period. Uh, We think they've turned into some, you know, fairly decent podcast episodes. Uh, And at the same time, I think we sort of feel like 
we've kind of reached a point where we feel like we've said a lot of the things that we want to say, at least for the time being. And so at the risk of uh, repeating ourselves, we didn't want to start, we didn't want to keep publishing conversations that just felt like it was a rehash of the same kind of stuff we'd already been doing. So this is kind of a season finale episode to kind of catch you up on where we are since we started recording these conversations. And I'm very curious to see what feels different and what feels the same, because Mm -hmm. I don't know what your answers are going to be, but I think you have a pretty good sense that like my answers are going to be, or at least in terms of like, okay, what are you up to right Mm -hmm. now? My answers are going to be pretty different. Yeah. I don't know what yours are going to be, but I'm really fascinated to hear. And so I've been talking for a long time. So I think (laughs) I'm going to start with him. Yeah. What are you up to right now? And just as you sort of think back on the episodes that we've done to this point, do you feel like anything has changed for you either emotionally or I guess literally like catch, catch me up on what's going on? Well, I feel like that question has two different parts. One is sort of like what my experience has been listening back, because like you said, we recorded a really long time ago. Then we, and we basically what we did was record every single week for like 18 weeks. And then we finally were like, okay, let's stop and figure this out. And then we started editing and make a website and then we started publishing. So yeah, this is like a really long time from when we started this process. And so I feel like it's been a really interesting process of listening back. And like a lot of times I have felt like this was a true gift, like to be able to listen back to the to the very first episode and hear me say, this is euphoria. Like I said that in the first episode, I was like, I haven't worked in six days and all I feel is euphoria. And then you keep going. And of course, this is like me being the center of the story, but like you keep going and I'm like, I'm not okay. This is not okay. I don't feel okay. I don't know who I am. And then a little bit further forward where I'm like, I'm so happy to feel connected to my children. I don't know what this means for my career, but I feel connected to my friends and my family and my life. So that experience has been really it feels like a gift that that we did this at that time at such a vulnerable time for me uh and to be able to listen back to it and just hear and remember what i was going through because otherwise i'm not like a journaler and so like i don't really and i have a horrible memory so it's like four <laughs> weeks i'm in a new phase and i'm like i didn't even remember that i was really stewing on this idea for a whole week now so that I really liked. Um, I do find this platform, or I don't even know if we call it a platform, but this sort of methodology of putting information out there to be a little bit bizarre because it's so one-sided. You know, like you and I have this conversation and we publish it and maybe I edited it or maybe you did. So I have this different sort of connection to the content. And then it goes out there and it's just there. And maybe somebody texts us or, emails me to be like, I listened or I run into them and they tell me, but otherwise it's very one-sided, which is really bizarre. It's really bizarre to like put all of this information out there and not fully know what people, how, how it's being received. So that's been like a whole other sort of experience that has come from this. Well, and I will just say very quickly, I mean, I think that's a lot of like what this is going to sound way more pompous than I mean for it to be, because I don't know that I would classify what we're doing as art per se, but that is my understanding of sort of the artistic experience is like, all you can control is the making of a thing. And what happens after that is completely beyond what you can do anything about. And just sort of coming to terms with that, making peace with, this is my part of this and the rest of it is up to everybody else is mm-hmm. it is a very strange thing. Yeah. And I, I mean, I honestly, I love the feedback. So if you're listening and you have thoughts about any of the episodes, like tell us, because it really like the thing that I like the most and it makes sense that I like it the most because it's the objective that we had when starting this podcast is somebody to say to me like, Oh, I really related to the thing you said, or 
you know, or like I heard Micah say blank and it really left me thinking about blank or y'all have this conversation. I've really been thinking about that or I never really considered that before. That is like, that's the reason we did it for people who are going through some sort of change and be like, yeah, me too. Like this has been really weird for me too, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, that has definitely been the most common response that I've heard from people has been, I am your target audience for this because right. I'm going through something too. And I'm like, I, yeah. Right. Every it feels like everybody is, whether that's true or not, enough of us are. That's mm -hmm. what compelled us to do this in the first right. place. Right. Well, okay. And I have to share this. I have this friend who's been listening and he asked me at some point, like a month ago, maybe more than that, I can't remember, and was like, So, you know, are you gonna reveal like what it who you are as the butterfly at the end of the season? <laughs> I'm like, um, no, <laughs> like, not alert. exactly. Not but what I think, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I actually have to share with everybody because I think that this is really pertinent and funny. But when we recorded, we saved them all in Dropbox, and you and I actually changed the name of the podcast multiple times. Like so many times, <laughs> so many times. We had a bunch of different names. We obviously landed on the cocoon. And I'm so happy we did because I feel I feel so strongly about that metaphor, so strongly. And so when he asked me that, and of course I'm like, no, like no, I am not. We're not like revealing anything um, at the end of like now. Now I'm a butterfly, but it's made me think and consider this metaphor in our life a lot. And I think that some parts of us are always in the cocoon, always. And I I think for myself. That's what I want out of my life. I want to all like to me, that is the change. And I always want to be growing and changing. And so maybe, you know, maybe this particular part of this cocoon process for me has been, especially upon reflection and listening back, is like, yeah, finding this new balance and finding this ability to be present and connected and a slower pace in my life, maybe that part is now emerging into the butterfly and my ideas for my career are just sort of beginning to chrysalitize. I think I made that verb up. <laughs> so that's really interesting to hear you say that. And I think it's such a, right. In so many ways, I feel like that is kind of what I think our hope was for doing this in the first place was, it's we're so career driven in mm -hmm. America in particular, and we are creatures of the American culture mm -hmm. and system, et cetera. And so I think it's very easy to feel like, yeah, that's what this podcast is about. I'm trying to figure out a business. You're trying to figure out a career. And when we become butterflies, it's going to be because we have figured some business thing out. So I love that your sort of realization is like, no, the butterfly for me, it, you know, if you are emerging in some level from the cocoon is about how to reprioritize the things that are most important to you right? rather than, yep. And now here I am happy to announce the launch of right. my nope. new venture, Ain't whatever coming. the thing is. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now that may happen. Yeah. And, and honestly, you know, your friend's asking that question. I don't know. I don't think either of us had any idea of where we would be, you know, sort of quote, mm -mm. at the end of this or at the end of season one, mm -hmm. if this is the end of season one. I think it is. Um, you know, it's. It, I certainly would tell you that looking back on it, I sure would have loved for that to be the, the end of season one is like, Micah figured it all out. And now he has this booming business <laughs> and he's on easy street. Yeah. And he's going to retire in five years. Like that would yeah. have sounded awesome to me as a, as a uh -huh. finale. That is definitely not the case. And it and it's funny for me listening back to the episodes being like, yep, I remember when I was worried about that. And here several months have passed since then. And so many of the things that I talked about like didn't exactly go the way I thought they would, but then other things happened, um, which is yeah. probably as good enough uh, a place for me to say that like, yeah. I do have a fairly big life change uh, that is about to uh, get started that has nothing to do with any, I mean, it's tangentially related to what we talked about, but it has nothing to do with who knows one uh, or anything like that. And that is 
my family and I are moving to Spain <laughs> in a few weeks uh, as we are recording this. And that is such like a crazy sequence of events. And if I can just take a second to kind of walk everyone through how this happened on some level, because I do think there's a really, there's a big lesson in this for me that I hope I learn. I don't know if I will, but I hope I will. We, I've always wanted to travel. Ever since I traveled around Europe after I graduated with some friends, like just, I love going new places, having new experiences, experiencing different cultures, et cetera. We took a family sabbatical the summer of 2018. Uh, and we lived in Portugal for a month and we lived in Slovenia for a month. And I remember so specifically sitting on the balcony of the, of the apartment that we rented. It was probably our last week in Slovenia. We were getting ready to come home. And Hillary, my wife, and I were sitting just kind of reflecting on the experience and how incredible it was. And basically saying, like, we can't let this be a one-time thing. Like, we have to do something like this again. And we sort of like, oh, you know, let's try to do this again in the next five years. And it wasn't like there was no contract sign. We didn't, you know, write it in blood or anything like that. We just, we liked the idea of it. And in my mind, like, I was committed to honoring that. Mm -hmm. And it's not that Hillary was not committed to honoring that. But I am someone who is a little more comfortable, specifically as it relates to travel, with the unknown. And Hillary is much more of a, I, need, I, I crave certainty, I crave control, and you don't get a lot of that when you start out on a travel adventure. So I say all that to say, I was starting to get anxious that we weren't going to do it, and had been feeling that way for a while. And there are other things going on in the world that you could imagine would also compel me to be interested in living somewhere else for a period of time. I was really struggling with it mentally that we were never going to do this and blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden in late April and early May, I can't even explain exactly how it happened. But we just started talking about it again. And then all of a sudden, it was like a snowball becoming an avalanche. And, and within like a month, it was like, yep, I guess we're doing this. And we rented our house and all these other things. And now we're going. And so as I reflect on it, it's like I spent the last several years having so much worry and anxiety about were we ever going to do this again? And are we going to lose this thing that we found so valuable and blah, 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 blah. And here we are less than five years later, not just taking a trip, but moving. Mm -hmm. Like we have, we are moving to Valencia, Spain for a year, could be longer. It's open-ended. We'll see how it goes. But I spent all that time obsessing over it for what? For nothing, for no reason. If I had just said, yep, you know what, whatever happens will happen and just be present and don't worry about the future. I, I could have saved myself so much time and effort. So, and the same thing probably with, uh, who knows when those words absolutely. could be, uh, just <laughs> sort of swapped around. All I did is spend time wondering, is it not going to work? Is it going to work? And I could have just been present and enjoyed the ride. Yeah. It's so true. And so I'm curious how you, and then we'll go back to the Spain thing. I'm curious in that piece, because I do feel like listening back, it's clear to me that that was like a very um, dominant theme of like, <laughs> you know, Mike is nervous about money. Mike is not sure if this is going to work. Mike is nervous about money. Mike is not sure if this is going to work. Because I do, I think when I think about our experience in this, and even back to the conversation about Cocoon, like, it was almost like two simultaneous experiences because yeah, we are both going through big change, but your change was I launched a business and I don't know if it's gonna work. And mine was I sold a business and I want to slow down, right? Like, so mine wasn't career, really career related at all to me right. in hindsight, maybe I thought it was in the beginning, but sure. not really. I mean, towards a larger purpose, yes, but from moment to moment. Um, yeah, so I'm curious, like, could you feel that listening back of like, oh, there I go again. Oh, talking about that again. Oh, here we are again. And can you Shut take up. that? Can you take that? Or we'll, we'll start with like, did you notice that? 
I definitely noticed it because I lived it. And well, it's yeah. funny listening back to it and being like, man, I'm just, I'm constantly in a state of like, man, I don't know. And that never really changed. And maybe that's the whole point is that there is no, you've made it there, you know, mm-hmm. I, or, mm-hmm. you know, or I just haven't reached that point yet because I, I mean, truly like, you know, we're some months after recording those conversations and business-wise, nothing really ever changed. I'm still kind of in the, maybe this could, maybe this couldn't. And the only real difference right now is that we're moving and that has added a completely different wrinkle that I could not have foreseen, which to your point from the beginning is like, you don't know what the future holds. So you have to have some way to just be in the present because mm-hmm. I could not have foreseen. I, if you had said to me, you know, when we were last fall, like, Hey, what do you think the chances are of y'all moving abroad in the next year are, I would have said, Oh, I don't know. 5% maybe. But what if I had asked you like, imagine yourself 11 months from now securing the visa house is rented and you are about to embark on a year long living experience or longer in Spain. Like what would you have said that would have felt like? Oh my God. It would have felt so good. Yeah. I would have been so you talked about euphoria. Mm -hmm. I would have felt euphoria. Mm -hmm. The, the closest I have felt to euphoria in my life has been traveling with my family without question. It is me in my happiest, most present state. And to be honest, that is a huge reason why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, there, was a, there was like a flashpoint for me earlier in, in, I guess it was in early May, where I was doing a show in the New York City area and went to visit a friend of mine from college and we went to someone else's house for dinner and they have an eighth grader and he spent the entire evening on his phone. Now, I don't care in terms of like, oh, so rude. He didn't engage with us because like, what does he care that I'm at his house? It was more just the realization that like, yeah, this is his life. This is where his interactions happen. His friends are on their phones and this is how they communicate with each other. And our kids are entering fifth and third grade. And it just hit me that like, wow, we are not far Far away from from that. that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And at some point that is going to change. And we will cease to be the important, uh, important parts of their Mm -hmm. daily interactions with the world. And it just made me even more feel this desire to be present with them Mm -hmm. while we still have this relationship with them. And I just, you know, can it be done here? I'm sure it can. It's, it's unreasonable to, to just throw up your hands and say no one in the United States can be can have a present relationship yeah, with their do families. It all the time. Yeah. Right. But it's hard. Mm-hmm. And it is harder in my experience uh living our lives the way we live them here. My I would argue probably the same is in reverse. I bet if you were Spanish and you were living in Spain and same thing is happening. Their teenagers are also spending all their time on the phone. It's not that only US culture has teenagers that are on their phone. Like we know this, TikTok, hello, like the whole world. <laughs> but the difference is you shaking up your entire world, right? In pursuit of this thing. Like, of course you're gonna, well, I say, of course, hopefully you're gonna be in Spain and be more likely to be like, let's go down to the cafe and everything is gonna look different. The streets are gonna feel different. The architecture is gonna look different. The people, the language, the everything is, the the fashion, like honestly, every single piece of this is gonna feel different. And so it like jolts you into yes. presence That's because exactly... it's a whole new sensory experience. Yes. Cause you're gonna be like, oh my God, look at that doorway. Oh, look at that little dog. I've never seen it. Look at that car. Look how small that car is. All the things are like light you up because they're new. I actually think that, well, this will be full circle back to that very first episode of meditation. But I really do think that we can achieve that in our day-to-day life. Um, But like, you have to freaking work at it because I think that the only way to sort of slow down this train of time 
is to be able to like stop and let in the sensory sensations around you exactly where you are, whether that is in Austin, Texas or in Valencia. I think you're so right about that. And one of the things that I'm very curious about is at what point will that cease? Will that cease to be my experience? And how long will it take to get there if it does? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because you're right. It's probably naive to think that we're going to, that we're going to go to Spain or go anywhere and not eventually settle into a routine where the kids have school and we're going to have dinner at this time. And we're going to do this on the week, like whatever those things are that we have here mm-hmm. and start to sort of not take things for granted, but you're right. Like not notice the newness as much. It's like a new relationship. There's a honeymoon period. And then you settle into kind of like what Mm -hmm. status quo will be. And I'm really curious to see what that is like. And I also think to your point, it really, no matter where you are or what it is that you're doing, it's all about intentionality. Mm -hmm. If you just think that things are going to change without you making them change, it's not impossible there can be external factors that can lead to seismic changes in your life without question. But absent that, which doesn't typically happen on a day-to-day basis, you have to be the one to make Mm -hmm. it happen. And like, I think about this in us moving to Spain, anybody moving anywhere, like anyone can do this. Mm -hmm. It is not impossible. And it is easier now than it's ever been. I mean, the pandemic has been terrible in a lot of ways, obviously, one of the ways that it has been a positive is people are more likely to be able to work remotely than they ever have before, depending on what they do. So anybody can up and move somewhere else or, or try a different culture or whatever, but it will not happen if you don't make it happen. And this experience of applying for a Spanish visa has really hit that home because we had to jump through so many hoops uh, to get just to just to apply. I mean, we're still in the process of, of, you know, getting approvals, but just to apply was like a lot of stuff. And it's easy to get discouraged and be like, I don't feel like doing this. I, let's just now nah, let's screw it. Um, you know, we don't have a choice because we already rented our house out and we <laughs> yeah. are houseless until we go. So that makes it a little easier to keep the you know, momentum going. But it it is so all of this stuff is doable but you have to be intentional and it's mm-hmm. the same with being present. You can be present in your, in your current lives, mm-hmm. but it's not going to happen unless you are like, yep, I'm going to. And you know, I have not been good at that. And so that will be, you know, an interesting part of this experience is like, am I naive to think that just moving somewhere else will be all I need to have this more present uh, experience with my family, with my own world, Um, or does it, do you continue to have to nurture it? And I'm sure on some level you will, but what I'm very curious to learn is how much of that is cultural, how much of it is just a part of the world that I'll say European, because it's not just Spain. And there's probably other parts of the world that are like this too. My experience in these cultures that, you know, that have all been for a few days at a time, not over a long period of time. Uh, and not with kids in school and all that other stuff is that they are just more built to spend quality time with other people and like savor the that's right yeah that's right and that is really my biggest sort of hypothesis that i'm testing out in this social experiment that we're embarking Mm -hmm. on is how much of it is us and how much of it is it the surroundings that we find ourselves in Mm -hmm. Okay, I have to ask you this. The another piece of me listening back to you in particular. I mean, I, I have a lot of thoughts on myself too, but you know, we'll talk about you for a minute. Um, another piece was like that I didn't hear it as clearly in the moment, but as an accumulation of each conversation was really we haven't actually talked about this was really like, it feels like you may need some sort of practice in self-compassion, right? Like there's a lot of like, I'm hard on myself. If I only I had done this, this would happen. If I did this, this would happen. If I could just all, and excuse me, sorry, COVID. 
I'll blame it on the COVID. Um, like it's, it, my therapist has this whole thing. I'm like, you know, your kids are going to come back to you and have a million complaints about the way you raise them. And she's like, and the thing that you will need to do and you will need to practice is, and I was doing the best that I was doing the best that I could at the time. And I was doing the best that I could. And I, after listening to all of the different episodes, I'm like, I think Micah needs like a, and I'm doing the best that I can mantra. Because this is going to happen. You're going to, of course, you're going to get into a routine. Like if you didn't, your life is going to feel chaotic. Hillary's not going to like that. Your kids aren't going to like that. No one's going to be thriving. Right. Right. Even if you were like, you know, the people that go around and, and do like a year traveling for a year in a new country once a month for a year, you know, those, you know, that like a lot of families do this anyways. Yeah. Even those people, I'm sure, get into some. You have to. Not right. only that, but like our our stomachs depend on that. Like we gotta, you gotta eat breakfast, you gotta eat lunch, you gotta eat dinner. There's some routine that's gonna happen. So like, and the kids are gonna go to school, and they're gonna have homework, and they're gonna join clubs at their school or whatever. Like, of course, you're gonna have some sort of routine. And so, like, what is your strategy gonna be for like? We're in a routine, and or like I just I we just spent a day. We live in Valencia. It's a Saturday, it's raining, and I just still let the kids play on an iPad all day long because I have some things to do or I'm tired. Like, and so where you, I feel like you need a strategy for like, and that's okay. Like, and I'm doing the best that I can. And like, of course, like I think, okay, I'm gonna add one more piece and then you can respond. Cause I think that I saw this infographic the other day that was about like the way that we talk to ourselves is so different than what we would say to our best friend. And I, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, Micah needs this. <laughs> like you would, the things that you say to yourself, you would never say to your best friend, yeah. to your best friend, you'd be like, Hey, like, it's okay. You're doing all right. But you don't t- say that to yourself. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting because sitting here thinking about it, I wonder if we had if we had had this series of conversations a year ago, like prior to us moving into a new house. Mm-hmm. I wonder how, if at all different, it would have been because financial security is clearly a trigger for yes. me. Yes. And when you add in the fact that we moved into a new house that was more expensive while I'm trying to figure out all this Mm -hmm. stuff, that was like a lot of things pressing on that trigger button repeatedly that had we been in our old house, I'm not sure I would have felt as acutely. Maybe I would have. It's hard to say. Mm -hmm. So I do wonder like how much of it was just extra because of the very specific position that Mm -hmm. I found myself in when we started recording. And at the same time, you just like a year after that, you rented it out for more than you're paying and moving to Spain. It's like, it wasn't worth any of that. That's, that's exactly (laughs) right. I mean, I continue to like, yeah, yeah. I'll say this Um, again, returning to that theme of how much time I spent worrying about things that less than a year later have become at least for the moment completely uh anathema is that the word i'm looking for just not relevant Mm -hmm. no longer relevant Mm -hmm. i I worried about things that i did not need to worry about and whether that ended up being the case or not i think is probably besides the point it's that you can't possibly know what's going to happen so you just have to make peace with whatever it is it's going. And so your, your, your original question to me of like, you know, have I learned anything? Am I, you know, about self-compassion? I'm not sure if I have, to be honest. Um, and I think part of that is just the, it's like you, I, I'm pretty sure we have discussed this on here, but you love to talk about Brene Brown's uh, uh, the FF, the freaking mm-hmm. first times mm-hmm. 
so much of what I'm doing is just a repeat of the first times. I'm constantly doing something new. So I'm constantly in that state of like, I don't know how this is going to go. When things start to feel better, I do feel like I start to be more compassionate to myself. But I'm very critical the first time for any number of reasons. Um, I will say, you know, as we are sort of recording this, uh, you know, end of August or end of July, early August 2022. One of the things that I was really curious about back in the fall was the growth uh, and opportunity with the live Who Knows One in-person show. And I think I can say that's gone really well. Like if I'm going to be nice to myself for a minute, every show that I've done so far, I've been pretty happy with and have gotten pretty good feedback from with the organizations that I've been talking to. And specifically in the last few weeks, I'll just say it's been on my mind uh, for the entirety of like, how am I going to make this thing sustainable as an experience? The more people get out in the world, the less they are necessarily able to answer their phones and join the show, whatever. And you know, the show is, is predicated on the kindness of strangers, so to speak, and the willingness of people to play along. And I've just always been like, I've got to figure out a way to take some of that element of uncertainty out of it. And I think in the last few weeks, as I've been going to different summer camps, doing some shows, I think I've found the solution and I've done it a couple times now. And it was really fun and I feel really good about it. And I feel like I have unlocked the, the path to this thing being something that can be done much, much more simply and more fun for the audience, for the people that come to see the show, uh, and also more interactive within the community. So, you know, that all has been something that I've been worrying about as well for mm-hmm. a number of months. But now that I've actually seen it, I'm like, okay, this feels really good. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a piece sort of just like the, the, the good vibes that you feel when, when you feel like something's working. I felt that a lot at the very beginning. And then I feel like I've been treading water in a lot of ways for a long time. And this is the first time in a while that I've really felt like, yes, this is it. This makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm going to trust this instinct and, and follow it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel really good about where the live show is going, whether it, you know, is sustainable financially, et cetera. You know, that's still an open question for sure. Mm-hmm. But the product, at least, which is that's what I can control. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely feel like I'm on a path to, you know, I have a better sense of how this works and, mm-hmm. and what's going to happen. All right. We've talked about me for a lot. So I want to go back to you. Um, because when we started, you were definitely my, this is my perception. You were definitely like, I'm taking some time to figure out like priorities and next steps. And we, and we have discussed this uh, in some of the episodes, like this is a very loaded question and I feel guilty every time I ask you it (laughs) because the whole purpose of this time for you is to just organically exist and let what happens happens. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet I can't help but be curious. It's okay. How do you, like, where are you right now? Are you, you know, we are coming up on the start of another school year. Are you in a different place? Are you in the same place where just generally speaking, where is your head at? Well, it's funny, the timing of this question, because um, Micah and our kids, my kids and Micah's kids go to the same sleepaway camp. And so two of my three kids have been at camp for about three weeks now. And granted, I spent a week of that in the bed, but whatever. Um, so, you know, I, I, it's confusing to me when that happens because they're away. It's a very nice needed break for everybody. They're happy, we're happy. It's just a great break um, that we're fortunate enough to get. And 
midway through them being gone, I started to really feel this. I began to feel a pull of like, okay, I did. I went through this program called Coactive Training Institute to get trained to be a coach. And then, and I did that for the first year of the pandemic. And then I sort of didn't do anything with it because then I spent this past year finding myself. And just in the past two weeks, I started to like go on their website and be like, all right, the material is not fresh in my brain anymore. There's the next step to it, which is like you take all these courses and then you get certified and you can't, you could work with individuals, obviously, like I've been coaching for a while now, you can work with individuals without any sort of certification. I feel like 20 years running a business and the classes were enough. But if you wanna be brought into like some sort of bigger business, you need to be certified. So just in the past week and a half where I'm like, all right, it's time for me to figure out, it feels time for me to figure out like, what does that look like? What do I have to do to get certified? What's, I don't even know the steps. I get, because I, when I was done taking the classes, I was like, mm, I don't wanna do that right now. I knew I didn't wanna do that right now. Um, and then we're gonna go back to the same, like it's always confusing to me because I feel like I've been in this process of change and slow down and repurpose and all these things that's like did i only do that because my kids are away and i'm bored and the whole my whole purpose in this whole thing is that like i'm not very good at being bored but i'm gonna like loop all these things together because you know back to brene brown her definition like one of a quote that comes when she defines boredom and a thing that i tell my children all the time when they're like we're bored and i say boredom is the birthplace of creativity this is what she says boredom is the birthplace of creativity my kids hate it but i feel like it's better than what my parents said which was only boring people get bored and i'm like <laughs> hey that's what i was told my whole childhood and now and i was irritated by it and now the thing that i say is boredom is the you know what i say boredom is the birthplace of creativity and they're like oh but like i think i'm internalizing that so it's like I was a little bored for the past couple of weeks. My kids were away. I was trying to soak it in. I was trying to like not get too busy and like enjoy because our lives are about to get insane again when they come back. And so I'm like, okay, was that, was that boredom? Like, did I achieve it? Because that has been a little bit of a goal of mine for the past year. Like I gotta not work until I'm bored because when I'm, then I'll know that it's time. And so now it's confusing because I'm like, Am I bored or was I just bored because my kids are away? I And I think that it's important for me to be able to sit in this and try to dissect, like, do I feel a pull towards doing it from an energetic standpoint of like, ooh, that would be fun. And I have that. Like, honestly, even the, like, I know that you, you on your side of the conversation, we talked about money a lot. We didn't on my side. Right. And like, I got the business was bought. Jared makes good money. Like we were okay for me to take this time. And also like, I also have all sorts of insecurities about money and I would like to produce money again, earn money again, uh, more money than I'm, than the payout from selling my business. So you know, there is that like, okay, if I got certified, like what if I got brought in by some larger company and made good money again? Like that would feel good. That would feel good again. Or what is that? You know, I just, here's the other piece. I'm going to add this one piece and then we can move on. But like, you know, there's like companies out there that hire coaches. What I imagine it being is like, you're sort of newer at coaching and they can kind of get you a lot of clients and you can practice a whole lot like you're not in charge of finding your own clients you go work for one of these things and they find you the clients and then you hone these skills and practice them and i'm like i mean i haven't worked for somebody else <laughs> since 2002 <clears throat> that's a long ass time 20 years since i had like a boss or an employer and i'm like could i do that and then like what would that look like and maybe that is a path forward a for practice and b just like for money mostly to practice um and just to like so that i feel confident in my skills and if i did that like honestly this is the first time that this thought you're gonna laugh and all the people that are listening who have had just 
jobs, regular jobs where you have a boss and you get a paycheck and you don't own the damn thing that I've never really done before as an adult. I'm like, oh, if I went and worked for one of those places, like I, w- I guess I would just like see my clients during the times they ask you to see them or maybe you said this. I don't know. I don't know how to be an employee. And then when you're done, you just are done. And then they like mail you a check. That's it. And I'm like, oh, I've never like wanted to work for anybody before. But the idea of not being in charge of the whole thing, I'm like, well, I've never I've never done that before. That might that might be a way to like put work back into my life without it overtaking because I don't really trust myself that much yet, you know, because I I know this one way of work, which is dive in, put all your time and effort and energy. And I know the way that I now would like work to fit into my life. And so I'm nervous of like, how will I do both things? Well, it makes Um, sense too, because, you know, if, if we talk about like, you know, your addiction is busyness, right? Right. Like, so you're going potentially into an environment that's going to trigger yep. your, your addict behavior. Yep. You know, yep. if you put that into a different context and made it drugs or alcohol or something, people would be like, Hey, uh, I'm not sure. Slow down. This is a good Are idea. you ready? You know? uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Have you so, healed long enough? Yeah, that's right. So I think that makes a ton of sense for you to be thinking about it in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I would say like, you never know until you experience it. Right. Right. You've never experienced what it's like and you think you don't like it. And you might be right. Yeah. But who knows? And right. maybe there with might this be, different perspective. Right. There might you know. be some pieces of it that I'm like, oh, this works better for me. And I do think ultimately long-term I will work for myself. I, I just right. know it. I will. <laughs> I know this about myself well enough, but like, I also want to feel confident. And so, you know, I think about like people that get out of beauty school and they go work at the places where like you just churn them out. That's just skill building. Right. And so you know, I, I want to do a lot of skill building. Yeah. And, and again, and I think this is a thing that I continue to try to remind myself is that none of this is permanent, right? Like you can try something and if you don't like it, not only can you change, but also that's valuable information to you. Mm-hmm. You know, I worked at an agency for two years. I'd never worked at an agency. I'd always only worked on the brand side of things. And you know, I don't know, honestly, if I would give it overall a thumbs up or a thumbs down, but I can definitely say I got to see what it was like yeah. on the agency side of things, which I think made me have somewhat more appreciation of what it was like dealing with clients mm-hmm. so that I could be a better client, mm-hmm. you know, the next time it was, I don't know if I was or not, but you know, and it's the same thing working for myself. Like I enjoy many of the aspects of it, but I also miss some of the comforts and security for sure that come with a steady paycheck and being able to and be like, team. yeah, this is right. And you right. take a day off and somebody picks up the slack. Like, that yeah, is, we, we don't have any of that. No. Yeah. And yeah. right. And I, and I think I would say, you might say, okay, you're, you're doing this where you're not being nice to yourself again. But I think I could say that if I had all this time had like an employee or, or, or someone that was on payroll, like for reals, not, you know, just, hey, helping out a few hours here and there. The diff- the business would probably look a lot different. But I never did that for any number of reasons. And so here we are. And then yeah, you go, and then you put your hand on your chest, put your hand on your chest, and you say, and I was doing the best that I could. And I was doing the best that I could. There you go. Um, well, that feels good. Um, it does feel good. Yeah, okay. So what I hear you saying, I think, is... You definitely don't want to do something if you're not being drawn to to it, Mm -hmm. which I think that's, you know, from my point of view, like, that's what I want for you, right? I don't want you to do something because you feel like you have to. I want it to be, where is your energy directing Mm -hmm. you towards? And it sounds like your energy is starting to gather itself together in a direction, but it doesn't matter necessarily whether that specific thing comes to fruition now or later or whatever, as long as you're continuing to keep the, the bigger picture in mind for yourself, mm-hmm. which is this is no longer going to be my apex. This is not going to be the center of my world. This is mm-hmm. going to be somewhere mm-hmm. important, you know, but it's not mm-hmm. going to be the number one thing. And as long as I keep that frame, 
then whatever happens will happen. And I had a moment the other day, sort of this moment of clarity of like, you can't guide or teach or support people. It is, let me rephrase that. It is hard to guide or teach or support people through something that you yourself have not experienced. And so I, I think I'm having like a, I knew that this year was going to be worthwhile, but like, if in the end I could guide, teach, support people through a transition of changing your career, I guess it doesn't matter what they want of like getting your life into a more balanced state of the things that you desire. For me, it was, I don't want work to be the apex for someone else. It might be that they want work to be the apex and it hasn't been. And so how do you get it there? Like you can't, you, I would find it hard. I went to dinner with some friends recently, and actually we were talking about this podcast and they had said to me that our podcast, and they said to me, you know, I, both of them, one has taken a sabbatical for six months. The other is moving with her family, just moved with her family to Costa Rica last week. And both of them are like, when we used to have conversations with you about wanting a more balanced work life balance, wanting to take a sabbatical one, one of my friends was like, you're, you looked at me like I was crazy. And I was like, because I couldn't, I wanted it. That's what I wanted too. But I could not see a path towards that. And like, they both could kind of see a path. One had an employer, she could take a sabbatical. One, like they created that for themselves. And I was like, I couldn't see it. How was I ever, I felt trapped in a world that I did not want to be in. And I did not see a path out. And so now on this side of it, I'm like, man, I feel grateful for the time. And I feel like if I could support somebody else through that, I do think that energetically that could be so fulfilling um, to, to me. A hundred percent. And, and I, (laughs) I feel this way about a lot of things. I have been you in so many different facets of my life where I am convinced that things are a certain way and other people are like, no, I'm not sure they're that way. And I'm like, shut up. Yes, they are. You don't know me. Then <laughs> I learn mm-hmm. another way. And then I feel compelled to try to find all the other people who were me before yep. to help them understand mm-hmm. that like, Hey, I know what it feels like to be you in this mm-hmm. situation. And mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you, it doesn't have to be like that. Like come to the, come to the light. I totally relate to that. I totally feel like once you, I mean, it, it can be sinister, right? It's like finding Jesus or whatever, but like, not that finding Jesus is necessarily sinister, but right. Just the idea of like, once you discover something, you want to share it. You want Mm -hmm. other people to have the same Mm -hmm. experience that you're having especially if you've been on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. Last week, I also had this moment. um, I was watching some other movie and I had this moment of realization. Sure, lots of people have had this thought before me, but this was my moment of having the thought that like, nothing good in our lives comes out of something being easy. Never. Like something like, That's not how that is. That's not how you grow. That's not how you become resilient. That's not how you learn. It's not how, this is just like, things are hard and you figure out your way through it. And then, right, you don't, there's not stories out, there's not podcasts out there about somebody who's like, oh my gosh, my mom and dad were so nice and so loving. And are they're boring, those stories are boring. My mom and dad were so nice and loving. I went to a great college, I got a great job. And now like everything's just been easy for me. And like, no, I don't have any anxiety and I don't have any, and I don't struggle and everything's lovely. And you're like, well, that's not fascinating at all. And then the stories that you're like, holy crap, I I was third degree burns. I lost my leg, but I still run marathons. And I, I, you know, I lost my job and we were, I was homeless for four weeks. And then I did blank and I worked myself back up. That's the juice. Well, because that's the inspiration that makes you feel like it can be done by other, like you can do something too. look at what this other person did. The adversity is the gift, right? 
right? And so the thing that I can do now that I couldn't do before, I can, I have so much more, there's so many things in my life that I can go back and be like, I'm so glad that happened because now I have so much more empathy for other people who are doing blank, 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 and blank. And so now I'm like, well, now this is this whole other part of me that has been opened up to empathy of people that are burned out at work, people that are so mad at their partners, but they're not really mad at their partners. They're mad at the world and they take it out on their partners. Hint, I did that. Um, <laughs> we didn't really go into that very much. Maybe that'll be in our bonus content, but like here, right? Like I have more empathy for people who are parenting children with ADHD. I have more empathy for parent, like oh, there's just a million things for people who are like, oh, I feel stuck in a job, but getting a new one feels like jumping off of a cliff. It's not about the job. It's like they feel stuck in a career, but I've put all of this money into it and all of those things before, honestly, like I'm going to sound like a big fat a-hole, but my thought pattern prior to this experience was like, shut up, just do it. <laughs> like shove that down. You got a good job. Yeah. We don't like our jobs. Neat. Neither does anybody else. Just right. be quiet and do it. There's and another... I do not have that at all anymore. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? You're wasting your life away. Like, let me help you. Let me, I know it feels like jumping off of a cliff, but you know what? You've like got your hang glider on. And so, yes, it's scary as crap to jump off the cliff and then you're going to glide and you're going to look down. You're going to see the ocean from a different perspective for the first time in your entire life and you're going to land and you're it's going to be exhilarating and terrifying and it is worth it i wouldn't have been able way, to do that before yeah but also by the way or you might crash but or you that, might crash but that adversity will also right. yes end up being a gift you know I, i've had this experience over the last few months as we have embarked on this journey of moving abroad where it's like you said, like things being easy. You, I could paint you a picture of what our last few months have been like that would make you feel like these are the most fortunate assholes on the planet. Like they are so lucky this happened and then this happened and this happened. And like, that's like all these things. And I felt that for a while. I felt, I felt guilt. I felt privilege, all those things for like these good things happening. And in reflection and in talking to people about it, I've really come around to, it's kind of like what you said, but there was so much work that it took to get to the point where things could happen that would seem like, oh, you really caught a break there. And I think that's really been a lesson for me as well is that you don't see necessarily in people's lives all of the work that went into mm -hmm. getting to a point where you could even put yourself in a position to have good fortune take place. Because if you hadn't done all that stuff to build it to that point, then you wouldn't have been in position for the good right. fortune in the first place. And that's been a real, that's been a real lesson for me. And I'm trying to be more appreciative of it. Of like, yeah, we, you know, happened to rent our house uh, and, and rent it well, so to speak. But like that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't been patient in planning out how we were going to go about this and being really thoughtful in m moving to the new house in the first place and just all these different things that came before it. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I just, I think that's been a big part of this for me as well is like, you might see someone doing something and it may seem like it's easy or they make it look easier or whatever, but almost exclusively all of those people put so, you know, it's like the iceberg, right? You see the, mm -hmm. the tip mm -hmm. of the iceberg. You don't see the mass mm -hmm. underneath. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's why I like the, um, how I built this podcast. I don't know if you ever listened to it, but it's like the stories of like the biggest brands and, you know, brands in the world. And to hear the story of, and we were on the brink of bankruptcy here, 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 and here. And now all of a sudden you're like, but you're Dyson or whatever, you know, right. you're, you're a brand that's like, you're Peloton, you're something, you're Airbnb. Peloton's not a good example, but like your Airbnb, <laughs> the Airbnb maybe story. Maybe for a few years from now, Peloton will be the good example, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. 
But like the Airbnb story is utterly insane. And but to us, we're like, oh, but holy crap, they're Airbnb. Yeah. And Airbnb at one point was literally selling boxes of cereal to make enough money to be able to continue to fund their business. It was a crazy ass story. But like, you know, you see this thing, you see the success story. But right, there is a a million stories behind them that led them to that point hence the like back to the cocoon it's like you see the butterfly remember forgetting that they were once a caterpillar and spent a long time in that chrysalis and slowly emerged into a butterfly you just see the butterfly like that's a beautiful butterfly you know yeah okay i think we're gonna wrap things up okay i want to end with so you know when we started this, mm-hmm. we didn't know what this was going to be. We were Not just like, let's just start recording conversations yeah. and then we'll kind of figure it out. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm so glad we did it. it that way. Me too. Yeah. Um, so we view this, we think, as the end of season one. Mm-hmm. We have no idea what season two will look like or when it'll happen. Frankly, if it'll happen, I think we, yeah. we'd like to, you know, yeah. come back to the cocoon. I don't think either of us feel like we have left the cocoon to yeah. your point. Like mm-hmm. maybe in some ways we're emerging, but there's definitely huge pieces of us that are still very much uh, mm-hmm. in the chrysalis. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's my question to you as, as we wrap up. Mm-hmm. Season two, mm-hmm. at some point when it comes, what do you hope to be able, like when we sit down to record episode one, season two, and I say, Kim, how's it going? <laughs> what's what's something that you hope to be able oh, to, to this, say? This is a great question, coach. Oh gosh, what is it that I'd hope to say? I hope to say that year, I could cry thinking about this. I hope to say that that year, like, changed the rest of my life. That like, I, I'm not, I, you, you, you always want me to cry. Mike is so uncomfortable with people crying that he's like laughs that I cry all the time. I cry all the time. Yeah, I hope that I say that like, I could not see my life the way that it is without having stopped to be introspective and to sit in the uncomfortableness of not having an identity and not feeling important and not feeling all of the things that my career gave me in terms of self-importance and not feeling like um, needed or like important. I mean, really, that's like to have to let go of my sense of self-importance um in this great big world where i am just a little speck of dirt you know amongst this humongous galaxy of course i'm important to my little nest but yeah so like that that is it i hope that this i hope that i am able to take away the lessons that i learned from this past year to affect me positively and my people that i want to affect it changes the trajectory of my life and their life and my children's lives. And I think it already has. I mean, I think it already has, but that it continues that way. What about you? Same question in reverse. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's season two, episode one, Mm -hmm. sitting down to record. I, I think honestly, I really hope that I take away exactly what you said. Uh, the ability to have more compassion for myself because I don't, I guess I probably didn't realize how acute it was until hearing you like sort of say it back to me. And yeah, I guess listening to it some, but really more like hearing you point it out. I don't think of myself as being that way, but clearly that is not how I'm portraying myself to someone that I am confiding in and being vulnerable to. So one, to be more compassionate to myself and just, yep, this is the best that I can do at this current time. Um, and also to be more in, in the now and, and really take home those lessons of like all these things that I spent time worrying about that ended up resolving themselves in ways that I couldn't have foreseen 
for better or worse, not everything is going to work out. And, you know, I can't, but I can't control any of it. So to just have a more sort of Zen state isn't the right thing because I don't know that that's it, but just not wasting so much mental energy obsessing over those things that I have no idea how they're going to play out. Um, I'd like to spend less, less time doing that. And I feel like there is certainly ample enough evidence of my own experience that I can learn from this past year that whenever those situations start to creep up, I can be like, Hey, remember that year that you spent obsessing over a thing and then it didn't end up mattering. And remember that other thing and so on and so forth uh, that I will be quicker. I'm still going to have those thoughts without question, but my hope is that I'll be able to sit there and say, I learned a shorthand in my brain to shut that down mm-hmm. earlier mm-hmm. Uh, than I used to. Mm-hmm. I hope that for you too. Thanks Kim. And You're I would welcome. just like to say on a personal note that I have been wanting you to cry on this podcast <laughs> The entire time that we've done it, because all you talk about is how often you cry and everything makes you cry. And I'm like, I never see it. Not here. Yeah. It never happens. You got just a little voice crack. You only got a little bit. (laughs) I'll take it. Uh, I'm excited about it. Um, Kim, this has been such a wonderful experience. Such a delight. Me too. Uh, And I'm glad that we've done this. And again, selfishly, we, I'll only speak for myself, but I feel like you and I are on the same page of this. Like we just did this for each other. This was not for anybody else other than you and me. We never knew if it would get released or anyone else would ever hear it. I'm or glad we would ever we do it. anything with it. That's right. That's right. And I'm glad we have. And me for too. anyone that's listened, you know, I hope you've gotten something out of it, but the gift for me was just getting to have these conversations with you. And, uh, and I've really appreciated it. Yeah, me too. And I guess we'll see you season two. TV. See you some other time, everybody. <laughs> when we were, and like honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it with like I know I said that it's really one sided and that like we care about how people are receiving this art. Um, so if you want to reach out to us, you can and email us at the cocoon podcast at gmail.com or leave some sort of um, comment review or whatever on one of the platforms because. We want to know how this has affected anybody. And, you know, who knows? Again, we don't know what uh, season two could could have a completely different format. So if you have suggestions or things you'd like to see, um, yeah, let us know that too. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can't wait to see those big butterfly wings in Spain. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Cocoon Podcast. If you're enjoying it, why not subscribe, give it a rating, or tell your friends so they can hear it too. If you have a question or comment for Mike and Kim, you can email the show at thecocoonpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at thecocoonpodcast or visit our website at thecocoonpodcast.com. New episodes of the podcast will be released every Monday. See you then, y'all.